You're listening to the Good Samaritan Anglican Church Podcast. The following sermon was recorded on September 1st, 2019, a reading from the book of Isaiah. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant, I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I would say that over the last few days, maybe the last seven days, uh, there's one thing that has sort of dominated the minds of many in Northeast Florida. Any guesses what that might be? Any of you have, have hurricane on the mind this week? A few of you, yeah? How many of you have been checking the reports every six hours? Yep, a few of you there too. I have too. Um, And over the last days, I keep hearing over and over again about how supplies are disappearing from this store or that store, how there's no more water over here, how there's no more gas over there. And our president has even called Dorian an absolute monster and decided to cancel his scheduled trip to Poland so that he could stay in the U.S. and monitor and respond to whatever disaster might come from this storm. So how are you feeling about all this? If you check the report this morning, you might be feeling a little bit better about all this. But even still, how are you feeling all about all this? How have you been feeling about all this? Anxious. Anxious. Yeah. Fearful. A little, little indecisive, maybe. Um, maybe even sometimes panicked. Uh, I know quite a few people who have been panicked this week. Uh, Rick Warren, who's a, a megachurch pastor in California and the author of the book, The Purpose Driven Life, Uh, said this. He said, the fact is, there are lots of reasons to be afraid in today's world. But God's promise is that even in your darkest valleys, he is walking beside you. It's interesting to note that there are 365 verses in the Bible that say, fear not. God provides us with one fear not message for every day of the year. Don't you think God is saying, get the message. Don't be afraid. Now, that's, that's a nice thought, right? But sometimes there are things that make us afraid. Sometimes there are scary things in life. Sometimes there are life-threatening things. Sometimes there are disastrous things. And what are we to do when we're faced with danger such as that? Well, we make preparations, right? That's what we've all been doing this week for hurricanes. We all know how to make preparations for hurricanes. We make repairs to our houses, we buy extra food and water and batteries and flashlights, we have an evacuation plan in place, and we do all the things that they tell you you're supposed to do to make sure you have your readiness plan ready for whatever may come. Hopefully you did this back in June. Uh, I did this a while ago and I rechecked my supplies this week just to make sure that we weren't missing anything. And these are good things to do. They're wise things to do. I would encourage you all to do them if you haven't already. 
But just as we prepare for a storm by buying these things and readying our houses, there are also ways that we can spiritually prepare for a storm or for any storm in life, whether it's a hurricane or a medical crisis or whatever it might be. It's good to be spiritually prepared just as much as it's good to be physically prepared with these supplies in place. So how do we spiritually prepare for a storm? Well, the first thing I would say is to spend time in prayer. To pray for yourself, to pray for others, to pray for God to send the storm out to sea. That's what I've been praying. And to practice listening for God's voice. To practice listening for God's voice. Sometimes um, a storm or a coming storm inspires us to pray more than we might pray otherwise. And that's a good thing. It wakes us up. It opens our eyes. And it reminds us that we have a God who's always present, who loves us deeply, and who loves to hear the thoughts of our hearts. Not that he doesn't already know what the thoughts of our hearts are, but he loves it when his children cry out to him and voice what those things are. He loves it when we communicate with him. And so this is a great time to spend time in prayer. You can ask guidance from God regarding how you should spend your time and your energy and your money as you prepare. This week I had a distinct sense, I'm not sure why, but I had a distinct sense that I should inspect the weather stripping on my doors. And so I went, and particularly in our sunroom in the back, that's where we've had water in the past, I went and inspected all the weather stripping and discovered deficiencies. And so I ripped it all out and I replaced it all yesterday. But I have a sense that that came from the Lord because I was listening for his guidance. I don't know if we're going to get any rain this week. Probably. I think that's more than likely. I don't know if it's going to come into my sunroom, but I had a distinct sense that God wanted me to prepare in that specific way. There are lots of ways you could be preparing. What specific ways does he want you to focus on? Another thing you can do is spend time in God's word. Spend time in God's word. Because God's word is meant to instruct to correct, to inspire, and to comfort. And it's particularly that last comfort that I'm thinking of right now, that last uh, category of what God's word does, is, is comfort us. God's word is a comfort to us in times of trouble. We can turn to it when we're sick. We can turn to it when we're worried or anxious. And we can hear all of these fear-not passages that come to us. As Rick Warren said, one for every day of the year. We could discover a new one each and every day. And so the, the one I was thinking about was the one that I changed the Old Testament lesson to today from Isaiah chapter 41. And it says, You are my servant. I have chosen you and I have not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't it amazing how much comfort we can take in just knowing that God is with us? Even if he didn't have the other promises of strengthening us and helping us and upholding us with his righteous right hand, how comforting is it just to know that God loves you and cares about you and will be with you? If you think about a little child when they scrape their knee or have a fall or any of those things, what comforts them? 
It's when their parents pick them up in their arms and hug them and tell them it's okay. It's not that the parent does anything to change that scraped knee. I mean, you might put a Band-Aid on there or something. But it's just the comfort of having your parent with you, holding you and telling you it's okay. And God does that for us. God upholds us in his righteous right hand. It reminds me of the song we all sang as children about how he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got you in his hands. He's taking care of you. He is with you through whatever it is that you're going through. And he's with you through Hurricane Dorian. He upholds you with his righteous right hand. And he also promises his strength and his help. And so going into a crisis, going into a storm with verses like that in your mind give you the confidence you need to face whatever it is that's coming at you. To remember the promises of God, to remember his care for you and his love for you, to know that you are not forgotten, but that I have chosen you and I have not cast you off, as the Lord says. Another thing we can do is get right with God. Similarly to uh, the idea of praying when disaster comes, maybe sometimes people don't pray as much until a disaster is coming and then they pray. A disaster also makes us remember our standing before God and remember eternity. And so if you're approaching the storm, it's a good time to take stock of what's going on in your life. Have you given your life to the Lord? Have you put your life fully in his hands? Do you have any unconfessed sin that's burdening your heart? Now is a great time to deal with those things. It shouldn't take a hurricane or a disaster to help us turn to the Lord, but sometimes it does. And so I remember the words of Isaiah chapter 55. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. And then in verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let them return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. This is our God. He's forgiving. He's loving. And he desires for us to seek after him and to find him. And so if you're in a place where you feel distant from the Lord right now, this is a good time to seek after him and to find him, to reconnect with him if you've been connected in the past and to connect with him for the first time if you've never given your life over to him. There's no better time than right now. Now, I'm not expecting to lose my life in this storm. That's not exactly where I think this is headed right now. But we need to remember that hurricanes are dangerous. And even apart from hurricanes, none of us know how many days we have left. Even if Dorian turns out to the sea, I could get in my car on Wednesday and get in an accident and find myself face to face with the Lord. So we need to always be ready. But when you have a week's worth of warning of a hurricane, it's a particularly good time to just make yourself right with the Lord. When we're in Christ, death is not something to be feared because Jesus has conquered even death itself. So confess your sins and give your life to Jesus. Another thing we can do is remember where our salvation comes from. 
I'm talking about both our spiritual salvation, but also our practical salvation, the ways that God saves us from the circumstances of this life. I used to be fascinated by prepper TV shows. Do you know what I'm talking about? The TV shows where they focus on people who are overly prepared, the people who have stockpiles of food that will last them five years and have armories that could defeat the armies of Poland and have, uh, have water stored up that could last them for, for weeks on end. And they have these underground bomb shelters that are made out of the most durable materials. And they've spent all of their time, all of their energy, all of their money preparing for whatever disaster may come. They have plans and backup plans and backup plans to their backup plans. I used to love watching these TV shows, but I found something. The more I watched them, the more anxious I became because I realized how underprepared I was for whatever. Now, I have stores of food in my house. I have extra food on hand. I have extra water on hand, but I don't have water like they have water, and I don't have food like they have food. And so it made me think about self-reliance with an emphasis on self. What have I done? Have I prepared enough? What disasters haven't I thought of that could get me at any moment? I was developing my skills at self-reliance as if it were all up to me. But surely it is God who saves me, as it says in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. It's good to be prepared. It's good to buy the water. It's good to buy the food. It's good to prepare your house. Do those things. But remember, it's the Lord who takes care of you. It's the Lord who saves you. And there's always more you could do that you didn't do. There's always something else that you didn't think of. But we can trust in the Lord. We can remember that he is the one who saves us. And then we also need to remember Jesus' words about helping our neighbor. In fact, Jesus' words about helping our neighbor are his second greatest commandment, coming only after, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. So look around you. Are there any people around you who are not able to prepare for one reason or another? Is there anything you can do that would be help to them? This is Jesus' word to us. He wants us to care for one another. He wants to share what we have with those in need. He wants to help those who can't help themselves. And this is a part of our vision as a church, too. It's the first part of our vision. Because as Good Samaritan Anglican Church, we are loving our neighbors and helping them to find God, love God, and share God. But it all starts with loving our neighbors, sharing Jesus' love by actually loving them ourselves. So which of your neighbors needs some love right now? So those are all things you can do before a storm, like right now. But what about during a storm? One thing you're supposed to do before a storm is put away anything in your yard that could turn into a projectile, right? So you should put things in your shed that, that could pick up and fly through your window, or if they're too big to do that, you're supposed to strap them down somehow to something, right? 
Well, it's the same with us. We need to strap ourselves down too. But we're not going to strap ourselves to a tree. We're not going to strap ourselves to our houses. We're going to cling to the Lord. Strap ourselves to the Lord. Make sure that he is at our right hand. Make sure that he is the one who is surrounding us and sheltering us. So how do we do that? Well, it's the same way that we prepared for the storm. We continue to do the same things in the midst of the storm. And so we continue to pray. You may have some extra time on your hands this week. Extra time without electricity, without the distractions of television or lights or books to read because you don't have any lights. When that happens, what should you do? Well, prayer is a great option. Prayer is a great option. So pray for yourself. Pray for your neighbors and for their properties. Pray for this church. Pray for our country. Pray for the East Coast, wherever this storm may go. Prayer is a wonderful thing to do. But also continue to read God's word. And so here are a few more passages you could be thinking about this week. One is the, the uh, passage we read in Hebrews today. In chapter 13, it says, this is the promise of the Lord, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear for what can man do to me? Or we might substitute, and I think it would be reasonable to do so, what can a hurricane do to me? I will not fear. God's taking care of me. God is watching over me. And his promise in his word over and over again is I will never leave you or forsake you. Never. So he's always with you. He's always caring for you. And we can take comfort in that. Or who doesn't remember Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Again, God's presence is the thing that comforts us, knowing that he's walking next to us, knowing that whatever happens, he's with us. Even if bad things happen, he's with us. He will comfort us. He will take care of us. Or Psalm 46 I'll read it out of this translation. Psalm 46, which says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be moved, and though the hills be carried away into the midst of the sea, though its waters rage and swell, and though the mountains shake at its tempest. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, therefore she shall not be moved, and God shall help her at the break of day. I like that passage, especially because of the, the waters raging and foaming. That's what I think about when I think about hurricanes. And even in the midst of that, God is with us, and he will protect us. What other passages can you find in your Bible that would be a comfort to you this week? And then continue to ask God for guidance. God may give you wisdom on whether to stay or to evacuate. 
He may give you a sense that you should check on something in your house. And that might be a good thing to do when you hear him say that. During Hurricane Irma, I woke up in the middle of the night, uh, probably because my weather radio went off yet again uh, throughout the night. And I felt like I should make the rounds in my house. And so I did, and I walked around, and I discovered water coming in uh, underneath the walls of our sunroom. Not rising water, but blowing water. And so because I saw it, I was able to make some adjustments and move furniture and get books out of the way and try and create a, a little bit of a barrier. And things might have been much worse in that room had I not done that. But I think it was because I was listening to the Lord. And I'm thinking that he was the one that woke me up and told me to do that. Maybe he was the one that put the weather alert right at, at that moment. Whatever it was, God guide, guided me through that. And he helped me through that. And then finally, during the storm, keep your eyes open, looking for all the ways that God will be merciful to you during the storm and all the ways that he will help you. Keep your eyes open to see his blessings because he will pour out his blessings upon you. The question is whether we see them or not because God is blessing us all the time in ways that we don't notice or acknowledge. He's caring for us all the time in ways that we don't see. So keep your eyes open and look for the ways that God is going to bless you this week. And then after the storm, when it's all over, make sure that you thank God. When we go back to Isaiah chapter 12, right at the end of the chapter, in verses 5 and 6, it says, Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. That list in your head that you're keeping of all the ways that God is blessing you, make sure you turn around and thank him for it. Praise him for it when the storm is over. Give thanks to our God, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. And then also take those same praises that you're giving to God and share them with other people. Bear witness to what God has done to help you and watch over you. The verse before that, in verse, uh, verse 4, it says, And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. So praise the Lord, but also tell what he's done to the people that you know, to your families, to your friends, to your neighbors. And if disaster does come upon you this week, don't despair asking, why me? That's what we've been talking about in Job over the whole summer. We've been looking at Job's response, looking at Job's friends' responses to this disaster that befalls him at the beginning of the book. In the end, Job doesn't get any answers about why any of that happened but he does get a sense of God's presence with him. He does get a sense that God is caring for him. God does ultimately restore him in the end. We haven't gotten to that one this yet. That's coming up the next time we have our study. But instead of asking, why me? You can ask, what do you want to teach me through this? If you lose your roof, if you have water in your living room, whatever that is, instead of saying, why me? Ask God, what do you want to teach me in the midst of this? And continue to ask God to help you. Continue to ask God to fix whatever is wrong, to provide for you, to help you in all the ways that you need help. And again, don't forget to help your neighbor. 
It's hard to help your neighbor in the midst of the storm. We should all be sheltered down in our houses during the storm. But when the storm is over, when you take stock, if you don't have disaster that you're dealing with, do your neighbors have disaster? And are there ways that you can help them? Are you, there ways that God is calling you to help meet their needs? Are you God's blessing to that person? Listen for the Lord's voice and do what he tells you. So finally, to close, I want to leave you with one final verse of scripture. And this comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgivings, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of the reminders that you've given us today in your word. Not to fear. Not to be anxious. And to trust in you. We thank you that you are always with us. That you never leave us or forsake us. That you will strengthen us and help us and that you will uphold us with your righteous right hand. We continue to pray for this storm that you would send it out to sea and cause it to dissipate and that no disaster would fall upon uh, us or upon Georgia or North Carolina or South Carolina. We pray, Lord, that you would break this storm apart. But we also pray for your protection if this storm does hit. We pray that you'd watch over us and guide us, that you'd direct us, that you'd comfort us, that you'd care for us, and help us not to fear but to put our trust in you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a production of Good Samaritan Anglican Church in Middleburg, Florida. For more sermons, sermon notes, and information about our congregation, please visit www.goodsamaritananglican.org sermons. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please subscribe and leave us a review with your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. God bless you.